Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live every day from sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Welcome in. Um, there's a bunch of stuff we can get to here. The Stephen Ross thing, I think, is sort of interesting. Um, sort of interesting. I don't, I don't know if it's super interesting. It feels more sort of interesting than than super interesting. But it is sort of interesting. You got the Stephen Ross thing. We're obviously reacting to last night's Super Bowl. All the different parts of the Super Bowl, which made it entertaining and interesting, etc., etc. But uh, I don't know. There's a, a lot of different things I wanted to get to. I, I last night when Matt Stafford won, anybody who follows national sports radio or or Yacker TV, if you will, had kind of the same thought in mind, right? Which is, oh boy, you, another year of Rob Parker with a strong and wrong take, right? Because his thing, what, what's, what's the term he uses for Matt Stafford? Pat, Pat Stadford? Yeah, Pat Stadford. Pat Stafford. In other words, he pads his stats, right? Because he played on all those bad Detroit teams. And every time Matt Stafford was playing poorly, and he did play poorly at the end of the season, several games, which he didn't play well. So he's not wrong. But when the guy wins the Super Bowl, Throws the game-winning touchdown pass. You know, he threw the game-winning touchdown pass also to Cooper Cup against the Tampa Buccaneers. And he helped engineer a comeback against San Francisco 49ers. At some point, you go like, you know what, my bad. I was wrong. You were right. Uh, You're handsome. I'm not so good-looking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was looking for, for Rob Parker to tweet at to go like, hey, somebody check on Rob Parker. Because generally, the way it works is we're all big boys here. You, at least I thought you talk trash about guys. And, you know, sometimes your take, you're going to have to eat it a little bit. Literally every time Steph Curry has a good game, somebody puts out some tweet that from SportsCenter, which was put out from somebody who apparently wanted to tweak me and, you know, tries to make me look like a complete idiot. Um. We're all familiar, right? Like Dan, you're like we're all familiar with his his Matt Stafford take, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And, and that he calls Tom Brady the luckiest of all time, right? Yes. Okay. So and here's and I've said this to him when I've co-hosted the Dan Patrick show. Like, look, the reason I can't let that one go is it's so remarkably wrong. I mean, no one is that lucky. They're just, no human being is that, and and you could say, well, he is lucky. Like, yeah, okay, luck plays a factor in any person's success. Any person's success, at least a portion of it is lucky. But the way in which he's saying it, the way in which is, it clearly is designed to dismiss Tom Brady as 
an all-time great or the greatest of all time because he's not really that good. He's just really lucky. Is that is that a fair way to look at his Tom Brady take? Sure. Yep. Okay. So I'm like, look, no one agrees with you. It's the essence of what a hot take is. No one agrees with you. And when Brady, at 44 years old, you very if he won the MVP, there would not be any protests in the streets. People were like, yeah, he's like the guy's really, really good. You can sit here if you want to argue, hey, I thought Joe Montana's peak was better and, you know, he never lost a championship game. Okay. If you want to say that that John Elway, because of his his legs and arm and he won two Super Bowls, okay. If, if I was to say Aaron Rodgers, you know, he hasn't had been surrounded with the team. He didn't have a Bill Belichick. He didn't have the coach. Like, okay, like these are reasonable. I would, I, and I've always been somebody that says Aaron Rodgers checks all of the boxes except one. And it's the one that matters the most is can you, can you figure out a way to get your team to win? Right. Figure out a way to get your team to win. Anyway, turns out that he blocked me. Now I understand if you go, Hey, it's Fox on Fox crime when I'm, I guess, calling him out. But these are not, it's not like a, a take that he doesn't go to often. It's not like something that he just said in passing. It's not like a flub or a mistake, which we all make. And you're like, yeah, you know, I wish I would have said something else. As late as the end of the season and early in the playoffs, he's not a buyer into to Matt Stafford. So I texted Rob and I was like, did you block me? And And his response was, when have you ever tweeted about something I was right about? Okay, there's a lot of different responses there that I could have gone with. I'll get to what my response is. Byer, let me let you play middleman here. What do you think of Rob Parker, who I guest host Dan Patrick shows with, blocking me? Um, I Listen, I, that's why I think there's a mute button. I think that the mute button is your best friend. People have no idea whether you can see or not see their their tweets, but no one gets offended by seeing that block. That's so that's that's how I will I will I will view it. Like I, I I'm just guessing. I don't want to speak for Rob, but Rob wanted you to know that he didn't appreciate it and uh, didn't appreciate your takes, and that's how he let you know. Oh, no, 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 no doubt about it. And I didn't know. Apparently, I think I've been blocked for a while because I had tried to tweet him before and I was just like, ah, maybe something's wrong with I didn't even think about it because I, I wouldn't. You know, that's like not something I would. I, that's not how my brain works. All right, Jay Stu, where are you on this? I mean, there, there's so much to this because I I know both of you very well. I mean, we we both we both know and love Rob, right? And everything he does is seemingly uh, is a little tongue in cheek, you know, with a wink. So it's like I, I want to say he blocked you with a wink, uh, but I yeah, it, it is a strange one, and I can't. Quite I don't think you block somebody with a wink. Yeah, I guess I agree not. with you. There is some tongue tongue in cheek. I don't know if that's th- this is one of those things. Yeah, it's intentional, but um, like he's really bothered by it. I'm like. Really? Yeah, I it's, it's it's a strange one. And and by the way, I reached out to Rob separately, just giving a heads up and see if he had any comment. And his only comment back to me was, uh, "Just tell people to listen to the Odd Couple <laughs> coming up at uh, seven p.m. East East Coast time on the uh, on Fox Sports Radio." Okay, so there's he has there's no nothing else he can do other than go. I was wrong, right? But I, he's not going to. He's going to dig back in and point out all everybody else did to win in the game and how Aaron Donald should have been the MVP and Cooper Cup comes up with plays and blah, blah. But, I mean, there's no real 
I mean, there's no, there's no way. It's not, that's just not his thing. He's not a, he's a, this is what I believe. And I'm going to, and that, that's the way it is. Right. And it's pretty sobering. Uh, I don't know about sobering, but it's kind of strange, isn't it? Um, I told you that one time I was blocked by Boy George, and the only reason I found out is because I tried to search for him on my Twitter, and it never came up. Yeah, that, to- that was my thing. I was like, do I have the wrong address? <laughs> yeah, you're like, do I have Whoa. the wrong Twitter handle? Like, what is going on here? I don't even know. Turns out in Block City, he Dikembe Mutumboed me. That's what he did. Total Dikembe Mutumbo. Well, Ramos, what do you think? Um, he thinks that chicken patty was. <laughs> that was good. The two chicken patties I did eat right now were very good. Um, yeah, I wouldn't block people, personally speaking. I mean, I would just you know just kind of take it and move on. Now Ramos has had his own uh, uh, little, I guess. What would you say? Twitter kerfuffle. Back and forth with Rob recently. Yeah, the- I don't think it's the same. Like Doug, I think my him and I are more of just like a just kind of playful type of stuff. You know, well, you know like he wanted to, he wanted I think to, you think it's playful, maybe but it's not really playful. Well, That's wa- my thing. Like I thought, I'd like, I thought we're all, we're all in on the joke here, right? Like you don't really think Matt Stafford stinks. Like, no, nah, apparently he does. You don't really think Tom Brady's lucky. Like, yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. Like he wanted to bet me early on in the year uh, that the Rams would win the Super Bowl, And he wanted to bet me on it. Um, obviously whatever wings or whatever I think Rob does when he, takes it on I I just don't do that I just said you know what I I I appreciate that but I'll let my team just kind of speak for itself so we could have had lunch today is what <laughs> you're telling us <laughs> I have a, a so but I don't think the, you were you just were I guess you could say some good things if he does say something I think that well, was look, I've always you, right had, I've always had Rob's back yeah I, I, I've I always had Rob's so. back well with 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 this, with this one element okay I thought what happened to him on first take with the cornball brother line was, I, I thought it was wrong. I thought there were guys that he, even to this day, you know, treats as though he, they're his friends that they did not do. They guys did not. Cause you don't, he doesn't say that unless he said it when they meet. And uh, though I would have probably worded it differently. Like you go back and look and he's kind of right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it was very much a different conversation than the one that, that, that that it became um but i like I, I also one because i'm blocked and two i don't remember the ones that he has lived or died by are tom brady's the luckiest of all time and pat pad stafford or whatever it is stat, pat stafford. It's stat pad for her to stat or pad stafford yeah one, one of, of those two, two. Yeah. one of those two those are like his big takes like those that's what he's known for Oh, yeah, you're the guy that calls Tom Brady lucky, right? Oh, you're the guy who always tweaks uh, Matt Stafford because you spent 20 Dude. years broadcasting in, uh, uh, in, in Detroit, right? That's, yeah. I'm, I'm not wrong here. Like no, those, but I, I would love to defend him. I it, just don't know which, which takes he was right on. And this is why the odd couple is going to be must-listen-to radio coming up in three hours. But for, for Rob and, and being as, as smart as he is with this – these takes and these angles, if he could figure out a way to not justify Brady's seven Super Bowl titles, you sure as heck know there's going to be a way where he won't justify Matthew <laughs> Stafford's one title. So it's not, and I, this I don't think is, I don't think that this is. Uh, here's, a, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
you can't have takes like that and then and then be sensitive when people say those are horrendous takes, not because of an opinion, but because of the facts of how things actually played out. You can't. You just can't. Now, I lack, I, I will tell you, like, I don't have Asperger's or whatever, but I do lack a certain sensitivity because, like, in the real world of, of athletics, you know, you go into the locker room and dudes are going to talk trash. And when you're wrong, when you say somebody's weak or sorry or soft and then they kick your ass or then they prove you wrong, like, nothing you can do but sometimes take the L. I don't, like, he's taking, he's acting like I'm giving him the L. I'm not. Stafford did. And Brady did. And if there's somebody else who he's hating on at quarterback, they're going to next year. Because that apparently is the pattern that we're on. I was just thinking last I was sitting there thinking last night, like, damn, dude calls out Brady forever and he wins a Super Bowl. Then it's Matt Stafford gets traded. He spends the whole year like, dude, I know Matt Stafford. He stinks in big, basically he's saying he stinks in big games. He's one of the reasons that they've lost for so long. And then they win a Super Bowl. Like, oh my God, what else? What else? I need more details. Um, I'm fascinated by this. I'm fascinated by, I, by blocking people and getting blocked, but I need to, I need to know when he did it because uh, Dan was there as well on Friday. The last thing that we did on Friday was take a group shot that includes Rob Parker with Doug Gottlieb. That's, that's the, was that the scene of the crime? Did yeah. you say something no, no, in no, that was, moment that no, got under no, his skin? No, I was blocked way well before this. Oh, okay. I've been blocked for a long because I've never been able I've, I've never been able to tweet at him. Well, Rob, did you did you reference? And I apologize because I was doing other stuff. Rob's tweet from 16 hours ago. Did you reference that? I can't see it. I <laughs> don't know can't if, see J- it. if Jason did. No, it. we haven't what's referenced the, what's, it yet. What's the tweet? So Rob tweeted 16 hours ago that if you have never tweeted at me when I was right, tweeting at me when I'm wrong doesn't register. That's a public service announcement. Hmm. Okay, so that's his logic. His logic is I've never tweeted. I don't know what he's been right about. Can you search? Can we search his the Come predictions? On, Doug. I don't know what he's been right about. No, I'm just I'm being be terribly honest. Like I'm not. I've I've never been an undisputed watcher, so I don't know. Uh, I've just I I do I know that, and I didn't watch. I'm not a first take watcher either. I just I've seen clips. That's about it. So I I can't honestly tell you. What like what is what are the what's the big take he has is like man Rob is right has been right will always be right about that one. <laughs> I his baseball mind is is one of the better ones out there. So cool. when it comes, I don't talk about know. baseball like we we don't really discuss baseball. Did you know that uh, apparently Clayton Kershaw is close friends? With Matt <laughs> didn't hear Stafford. that. Yeah, <laughs> Jeez. didn't hear that. I, I just think you and Rob are maybe just going through a little something right now. I I, that, that's I didn't know the, we were that, going through anything. Like, yeah, I thought we were that's like, his way of maybe telling you that maybe you're going through a little. I got something. it. I understand. Yeah. I understand. But I like again. Sorry, dude. I'm not the one. Again, I'm not the one who said it. And and you iterated and reiterated and reiterated that you think Matt Stafford stinks. That he is a stat patter. That's what that that I means. Was, uh, we could we, right like he has made it th- that's the great thing about rob is there is no gray area when he says i think a guy is padding stats he says i think a guy is padding stats whereas a lot of people in our profession and this is again why rob's been around and successful for a long time he doesn't do the gray area he doesn't do the like well you know he's like there are guys that are clever with their words and instead of saying he's padding his stats go like 
well, you know, some of his better years statistically were some of their worst years as a team. And, you know, when you're behind, you have no running game. That's always bad for your stats. Like there's a, a clever way to do it where you can say everything you say. And Matt's uh, and and God bless Rob. Rob's just like, nah, I think he's padding his stats. I think he stinks. Tom Brady, I think he's lucky. And, you know, last year it was Super Bowl. He's big, and there is no amount of luck that can get you to 10 Super Bowls. None. I won't hear otherwise. It is not, it is not, it's, it's the, this is what it is. Okay. And I, and I say this about a lot of arguments. If you start your side of the argument with something that is provably wrong, right. And I could go through a a litany of them. The easiest one is, and I'm sorry if you're the, the infinitesimal percentage person who believes this, the election was not stolen from anybody. How do I know that? Because how many times have they recounted these damn votes? How many times have they investigated? And no one of any repute has come up with anything, right? And I love the logic that only one side would cheat in an election. Like, the very possible that both sides would cheat in an election. But they researched it, and they spent millions and millions of dollars about it. So if you start your sentence to me today with, well, you know, the election was, was stolen. I can't have a conversation with you because you're starting with something which is provably not true. If you want to start your argument that Tom Brady is the luckiest of all time, diminishing the 10 Super Bowls. Do you have 10 Super Bowls? Pat Mahomes is as good as anybody I've ever seen play the position. He's that good. He's been to two. Been to two. And the idea that he's going to get to 10... No one's ever gotten there before, before Tom Brady. Could he? I guess. Likely? Don't feel it. Just out of his, historical. It's that hard. It's that hard. And you could say, like, well, he's lucky because he has Tyreek Hill. Or he actually underthrew Tyreek Hill when they beat the Niners. You know? Or when he got into the AFC, they, they got the... You know, the, the, the conference was in flux. It wasn't. A, now it's a very now it's way stronger than the NFC, or at least appears to be going forward towards next year. But when they won it twice, the AFC, the AFC was not the stronger of the conferences. But no one would say he's lucky. Like, how could you say that again? So if you start your argument with something which is provably false, and I think now Stafford, it's not just that he won a Super Bowl, but he made some gigantic throws on the way to the Super Bowl. Like, that's fair. That's fair. And look, it'd be, he was, let's also remember, Rob was taking a victory lap much of the season because Stafford wasn't great at the end of some of these games. And the Rams did go through some struggles in the middle towards the end of the season. So you can't take a victory lap and say, I was right. He's a choker who just padded his stats. And then the guy wins the Super Bowl and not go like, yeah, I don't know. Might have been a little overzealous in that one. You just got to give us something. I'm a little hurt. I like communicating via Twitter with my friend Rob. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Adam Kaplan in a second. Let me just... Let me just say this. Uh, the Sean McVay retirement stuff was a real story last week as. Look, there's a lot of money out there. I, I, I honestly believe that between Peyton Manning 
and Tony Romo and their various levels of success and the money that Romo's making. Like, look, there's a reason that Sean McVay, Sean, Sean Payton shut it down. There's a reason that Sean McVay would consider it. I mean, I, I think the Aaron Donald thing, just like the McVay thing is, it sounds really good to spend more time with your family. Like, man, what if I could make more money actually just calling games and not playing games? I don't think Aaron Donald has that ability to just pop in on network TV and make nearly what he's making as a football player. And remember, you go back a couple years ago, he signed the biggest contract in the history of the sport for his position. That money is now uh, lessened because it's all paid up front. Aaron Donald and Sean McVay are just negotiating in public. And because Aaron Donald's under contract, there's not, it's not like he can do anything. The only leverage he has is, well, maybe I'll walk away. Same thing with McVay. I will tell you that no matter how much they promote it last night, there's this new bobsled event. It's called the monosled. You're like, yeah, I still, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I don't care. They tried. They really, really tried. I, I don't like pre and post game shows. I would have given anything for a post game show as opposed to going to the winter Olympics. And I, I, I'm like, I understand you're trying to make back money. That's a huge, huge outlay, but man, Let's welcome in Adam Kaplan. He joins us. He's our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. I shared that there was a working rumor that was fairly legitimate about Sean McVay maybe going into TV, taking a, taking a little respite, right? Doing the John Madden or the John Gruden. I just, I don't know. It feels, it feels like leverage moves, him and Aaron Donald. They're not really retiring, are they? Well, let me start with McVay. So I put out on uh, Fox Sports Radio on Saturday that... We're just talking about the unreported discussion information of the week. I said, talking to people that know him or have worked with him, they did worry about him burning out, uh, kind of pulling a Sean Payton and leaving football. Not not this year, by the way. I'm talking about down low over the next two or three years. He's such a young guy, though, well below 40. So, and remember, he was just he turned just turned 31 after a couple weeks after getting the job uh, four years ago. So we have to understand that football is his life. He's He's a savant. He's glued to the game, and it's something you can't ignore. Um, I, I, I mean, one of the people I spoke with worked with him in the past, and he said he's just so tightly wound that football is just everything about other than his fiance and his, his family. It's just all he really knows. So it's something to keep an eye on. And now, you know, people are discussing it, so I, I get that. Now, Aaron Donald, to me, you know, to Rodney Harrison, as, as Harrison discussed it on uh, the pregame show for NBC, you know, Donald, who now is 30 years old, we forget. I mean, we forget that he is 30 years old. Uh, I guess told him how he's just physically, you know, he's beat up a little bit, and you do worry about that. That one is of the two. That's the one I keep an eye on. I'm not saying he's going to retire, but I think the information is legitimate that he's physically beat up. And, and by the way, you know this, Doug, is a, is a former uh, pretty good athlete in college. Your body will, will talk to you, and it, sometimes you just have to back off. And that, that's kind of where I think this is, but I'm, I'm not ignoring this one just because – it's a player telling a player, again, I don't, I don't put percentage on anything, but this is something to keep an eye on. And now he's got his, his ring, and he's been in the two, Super Bowl twice, and he's now got a ring. Yeah, it also, the, the, the other part of the contract is kind of done, right? They have an out at the end of this contract. He's basically working on a yearly deal here. This one feels like I want a new deal. That's, that's what it feels well, like to me. One thing I would say about Donald is he doesn't seem like that type, and they'll give him whatever he wants. This is, we're talking about a Hall of Fame talent, generational talent, uh, one of the best defensive players in team history. 
Now, I would tell you, he is signed through 2024. Um, they could be, actually, they're not that they're going to get out of it, but he now, he's at the point of his contract where the base salaries are very, very low, and we, we should note that, that. That if you look at it, he definitely deserves a raise. There's no question about it. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, okay, so let, let's, let's, let's just go to last night uh, where th- there was a lot. It did feel like the officiating changed when the Rams got deep into the red zone, right? They weren't calling anything. Then all of a sudden they were calling everything. And as social media has pointed out, they missed a blatant false start by the Rams um, on the on the defensive hold. What, what, what are you hearing about the officiating and the kind of heel turn we saw at the end of the game? Well, look, the physical play is clear. I mean, you, you can't grab a wide receiver. If you look at what the Bengals did, they kept grabbing Eli Apple, Logan, Logan, uh, uh, Logan Wilson, the middle linebacker, is a really good player, by the way, uh, former third rounder a couple of years ago, who is one of the uh, unsung heroes for the defense and where people should be talking about. But the worst one, and it's not even debatable, we all know it, the T. Higgins touchdown where he grabbed uh, Jalen Ramsey's face mask. And how the heck do you miss that? That's embarrassing. This is why Bill Belichick would like to be able to, to challenge every call. And quite frankly, That'll never pass, but missed calls could cost you. That absolutely should not have been a touchdown. The play should have been called back. Uh, just embarrassing. That that was by far the worst miss call or miss call of the game. And that Jalen Ramsey did nothing wrong. I mean, he got pushed. He fell down. He got pushed because T. Higgins grabbed, grabbed his face mask. That was that was just really bad. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What do you make of what Aaron Rodgers? What do people make of what Aaron Rodgers said at the NFL Awards? Yeah, look, he, he's he's. Let's put it this way, Doug. You and I talked last spring about the situation. He's kind of at peace with the team. He's gotten along now with GM Brian Gunacus. That was all, most of his issues were with the general manager. They they found a middle ground, a pretty good relationship. And the only issue now is is how Roger. Well, two things. A, how does he view what they're going to do with the roster? There was the ESPN report that said that. They're gonna. They're not gonna break it up. They're gonna. They're, you know, obviously, they're gonna have to make some decisions on some contracts. They may do some restructures. They may do what the what the Buccaneers did, where the Buccaneers, for for several decades, did not do signing bonuses, and they started doing them two years ago to keep the team together, and they did it again this past season to try to run it back. So they may. They're they're apparently gonna do whatever they can to keep this team together. But the, and then the other part of it is, does Rodgers want to play? And, and he made it very clear, he's not gonna hold him hostage. He's gonna make the decision over the next couple of weeks. Quite frankly, unfinished business. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, based on the fact that they lost as early as they did, despite winning another regular season MVP award, I would think he's coming back. I don't have any information on this one way or the other, but just knowing how players are and how they're wired, I can't imagine he'd want to go out like this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is one of those things where he, I mean, he was so over the top in his praise of Matt LaFleur and his relationship yep. there. Yep. I almost felt, but, but then he was getting nostalgic about 17 years and all the memories. You're like, is he going to do the "It's not you, it's me" thing? Like I love you guys, love Mava. Just what I did. That, that that was that was my big question. Uh, okay, what about the Kyler Murray thing? Now a story pops up that the reason he took all that social stuff off was um, was he wants to be traded? Is that right? No. What what happens is he he is you know there was the other report from my good friend Chris Bornson who said basically. And he had information on both sides, which was good of more to do that. Uh, but my, my understanding is Murray's sick of being blamed for the, the team underachieving. 
Now, understand this. Cliff Kingsbury is the one that's got heat on, not, not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, uh, he was eligible to get his contract extended. First of all, they have to pick up his fifth-year option. That's the first thing uh, by May 2nd. But, you know, the big thing now for the, the, the Cardinals is just to kind of see this situation through. And Kingsbury, by the way, 22 is the last year of his deal. And my understanding is they've not had any negotiations of late. So we'll see how that plays out. But it is... It was a little surprising, and by the way, the reason why they don't want to move him, this is the worst year for quarterbacks in terms of the draft. In my 21 years to cover the business, there's, we'll get into this next time, Doug. If you, if, you, if you would poll teams, there are probably only two quarterbacks who have first-round grades. There might be five that go in the top 50. That's only because teams need them. There's a big difference in really who is and who is not a first-round quarterback. But if you don't have one, you need one. And remember, Kyler Murray was brought in, was, was, was the first pick overall. And don't forget they traded away Josh Rosen because Cliff Kingsbury recruited Kyler Murray. Uh, didn't go there, of course, to Texas Tech, but he wanted him badly. And this is the system that, that he brought him in for, and he's, he's thrived in it. But obviously he did not finish the season well, and that's why he's upset. Yeah, he was bad. Like, I, I, I get that some game planning stuff, whatever, but he was awful in the playoffs. That's not scapegoating. That, that's part of the position. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say this, though, Doug. If you look, and I'm, look, you got to overcome some things, but his numbers without DeAndre Hopkins and with him are strikingly different. It's sure. really incredible. Uh, and, look, that's partially coaching. That's also on Murray to find other outlets. You know, you, if you want to be great, you got to make others around you great. I think that's what he's missing. And by the way, he's a coach's son. I'm kind of surprised he's taken this tact. Um, yeah, he did the same thing at A&M, though. And his dad is an A&M alum. And this is kind of par for the course. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. I don't know if it's as surprising as, as some would make it seem. I, I agree with you. I'm surprised, like. You know, it, it seems immature taking down social media stuff. Like, what are we? What are we doing here? Would be the first one, right? I mean, we no, it, but, but you're a quarterback. Yeah, you're three true. years Peter. in. Yeah. You're the number one overall pick. Like, it, it's just different at quarterback. Uh, okay, what happens to OBJ now? Well, obviously, he's got a very bad knee injury. Um, well, what, it's not good. Obviously, he's a free agent, and I, I would say this. Not that I'm a better, but I think they would have covered the spread easily. He looked great before he. You know, on a non-contact, non-contact injury, that's just disappointing. Um, they've got some cap challenges for next year. Remember, OBJ's a free agent, so it's, it's not even an issue right now because, remember, Robert Woods is coming back from an ACL injury, so they'll get him back. Uh, they've got Higby coming back. You know, remember, he was on injury reserve. They'll, they'll be okay. They've got Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson who they really like. It, if he wants to come back, and depending on how bad this, you know, how long he's going to be out for, how long the rehab is, I mean, they could look to bring him back on a, on a low-end deal, but the, the, the Rams now have all the leverage because this is a bad injury. And remember, it's to the same knee where he suffered the ACL injury just less than two years ago. Yeah, what can the Bengals do to fix that offensive line? Well, this is clearly their, their top need. Uh, we all knew what the, the matchups were. Doug, being on Radio Row this past week, and I, I know you and I saw each other, I talked to, between 12 and 15 ex-players. Everyone picked the Rams, and everyone said the same thing. Rams front seven versus the Bengals front, front, uh, offensive line. We know the Bengals in the previous game against the, the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs have a good off, uh, uh, pass rush, but they didn't get the job done. But uh, the Bengals know this. They've got a good left tackle on Jonah Williams. They've got they got to get 
a minimum of three new starters. Both guard spots are, are not good enough. The right tackle is not good enough. And they're, they're going to have to figure that out. And it's just, it, it, you know, it's funny because if you talk to some personnel people, they would tell you it's shocking that the Bengals made it this far. Typically, when you're not strong on the offensive line, you don't make it very far. Um, and then Joe Burrow, as you saw, you know what's interesting in this game? First half, the Rams had one sack. It was not from Aaron Donald. It was from Leonard Floyd. And then they had six in the second half, and then Donald had two. And then, as you saw, on 16 dropbacks, Burrow really struggled. I, I, I was surprised they kept it as close as they did once the Rams took over. But I give the Bengals credit. They showed a lot of heart, and they went further than, than anyone thought. In fact, I had some personal people tell me who were talking with the Bengals over the weekend there's some people in the league don't think the Bengals will make, may even make the playoffs next year because of their issues on the offensive line and problems at cornerback. Uh, Lamar Jackson, will he get a new contract this offseason? I do believe he will. Yeah, this is something they wanted to do. Him not having an agent, it doesn't make it easy. I mean, look, you don't worry about these things until you go to training camp. That, to me, if this thing is not done by August, I'd, August, I'd be very, very surprised. Adam, great seeing you last week. Austin, to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us. Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21, present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play a gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wait to hear what Dan Patrick had to say about Aaron Donald. That's upcoming next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Every day at this time, we'd like to play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. We call it... Ow. What does the Fox say? This is Dan Patrick talking about Aaron Donald deserving the MVP. Oh, a lot of people have talked about who should have been the MVP. Well, Cooper Cup got it, but this is what you have to understand. I think with the votes being tabulated before the two-minute warning, Aaron Donald, to me, was the most valuable player last night. Because if you're going to make this argument, hey, the Bengals knew Cooper Cup was going to get the ball. They double-teamed him. Well, Aaron Donald is double-teamed on every play, sometimes triple-teamed on every play. And while he had a quiet first half when they needed him the most, I thought that those stops were... A difference maker. And Cooper Cup was wonderful. But I thought that Aaron Donald was the most valuable player. Okay. I, I'm going to take Cooper Cup, and I didn't think it was all that close. And the argument is that take a look at the entirety of the defensive line for the, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Oh, excuse me, for the L.A. Rams. The entire line is stay, just stacked with dudes. And so, yes, you could double-team him, but that's leading, leaving single coverage on Von Miller, per se, right? Yes, there's other ways in which you could do it, but, I mean, that, that defense front, Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines, Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and then the ability to go get uh, Von Miller as well as Justin Hollins, and, um, I, you know, that's a stacked group, whereas... With Odell Beckham Jr. out, with Tyler Higby out, with Robert Woods out, and their inability to run the football, the only guy they could go to is Cooper Cup, and he still came through in the clutch. Here's Colin Cowherd talking about the Bengals. Now, the Bengals 
fought like crazy. I said it Friday. They felt like a sixth seed in the tournament that won some buzzer beaters. And then they get to the final game in the NCAA tournament like Butler did against Duke, but Duke's got better players. You can't complain about a Logan Wilson ticky-tack call in your eyes when the reason you had the lead was a 75-yard gifted touchdown by the officials. The Bengals were a good team, but they lost eight times this year. Could have been 10 if not for a great kicker. They, they were overwhelmed physically by the Titans in long stretches. They were outgained by the Raiders in the playoffs. They trailed 21-3 to the Chiefs. The best players in the game, all the Rams' best players, were clearly unstoppable. Stafford, Cup, Von Miller, Aaron Donald. Cincinnati's coach also got really conservative, or maybe they pull off the upset, and it would have been an upset. But what you saw from the Rams is what people in Los Angeles who watch the Rams every week had seen. Resilient, overcoming injuries, the best players dominating when they had to, and the best fourth quarter quarterback in the National Football League. He's the best fourth quarter quarterback in the National Football League? That one I, that one I did not know. I did think there's a guy in Buffalo and Josh Allen that played pretty well this year. And there were some times when Stafford did not play well in the fourth quarter like the last game of the season, but uh, the regular season. Um, but I did think it had a chance to be in a blowout. I did think it felt like Cincinnati should be outmatched, but they were not. You know, it's like Cincinnati's defensive line. I don't know if they'll ever get enough respect or even the defense will get enough respect, but it's a pretty good group, um, you know, and obviously the offensive line was a weakness, but it wasn't like it was a strength for the Rams, their offensive line. I didn't think it was nearly the mismatch. It's like we're all sitting here going like, you know, everybody should go and spend like the Rams. Like the Buccaneers had the ball at midfield, second and one, a chance to kick a field goal to send into overtime. Let's not act like they're not a very good team or that the game wasn't super competitive or they couldn't have won it. They absolutely could have won that game. So I'm not, uh, it's not the end all be all to copy the Rams. When if you copy the Bengals, again, you have to get the right quarterback. You can very much succeed. But that's what we do, right? We usually do this. Somebody wins and we start talking about a dynasty before they've ever even won their second championship. When somebody wins, we make it out like their path, that because they won, that is the right way. When like, look, the truth is that they very well easily could have lost to the San Francisco 49ers, could have lost this week. There are games in which to play, other games in the playoffs they could have lost. They did not. They made plays. They have great players, but it's it wasn't a knock. It wasn't a, a knockout punch.